The title of the message is Releasing the Power of God's Word in Your Life. Doesn't that just sound good? Releasing the power of God's Word in your life. You can turn so long to Isaiah 55. We'll get there in a moment's time. But my opening statement is the following. I believe there is a visible difference between believers who release the Word of God in their lives and those who don't. Do you agree with that? I believe there's a visible difference between believers that release the Word of God in their lives and those who don't. If we don't release the Word of God in our lives, then we could experience less victory and less well-being. But if we do release God's Word in our lives, then we can look forward to, I believe, significantly greater opportunities. We can look forward to more breakthrough in the things of God, experiencing more of what God has for us, more blessing, etc. Let me tell you a little story of something that happened a couple of years ago with somebody here in the church, and I, I share this story just sort of cautiously. And in terms of the story, it's a, a gentleman, he's a single man, not married, doesn't have kids, and he came and spoke to me one Sunday after the service, and he said something to the following. He said, John, I also want to experience some of the favor and the blessing that you've come to know. I thought that was quite interesting. I had never really had somebody say something like that to me, and immediately I felt sort of sorry for the guy, and he seemed a little down as he was mentioning this, and, and I said to him, just off the cuff, I said, well, you already have every, every blessing in Christ Jesus, and, and then I thought for a moment, and I said to him, but I do want to encourage you to keep focusing on God, and then I said this, and allowing God's Word to work in your situation, take note. God's word to work in your situation. Afterwards, as I was thinking about it, as, as I was home or whatever, I thought to myself, I know the guy pretty well. As I was thinking of his life, I thought, I think that uh, there's a lot lacking in terms of, yes, he loves the Lord and maybe uh, walks with the Lord. Certainly he does. But in terms of actually taking the word, mixing it with faith and releasing it, and seeing the word active in his life and actively being released, I think that there was something really lacking in terms of that. But if we release God's word, then we can look forward to significant things. Our theme scripture for today, Isaiah 55, verse 8 to 11, a beautiful passage of scripture. Reading from the New King James Version, it says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain comes down, and the snow from heaven, and do not return there. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> when it's on the ground, the snow is not about to get back up into heaven, you know what I mean? It does not return there, but water the earth and make it bring forth and bud, 
that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. Now in verse 11, I love this verse. So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth, says the Lord. See the authority of God. So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void or empty. But it shall accomplish what I please. And it shall prosper in the thing for which I send it. Don't you love that passage of scripture? The Lord bless the, the reading of his holy word. Now, I've got so many favorite scriptures in the Bible, I forget. You know, I've got so many. This could just as well be another favorite. And thank you, Lord, that your word goes forth from your mouth and it will accomplish what it says, what you prosper, what you say it will accomplish, what you please. Now, point number one of four things. Number one, God's word will water your life and cause you to flourish. Notice that phrase, water your life. Isn't that a lovely concept, a lovely phrase that God's word waters you? It waters your life. Look at verse 10 again, but look out for the words, water the earth, bring forth and bud. Verse 10, it says, for as the rain comes down, the snow from heaven did not return there, but what does it do? Water the earth and bring forth and bud that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. And I want to say that that is exactly what God wants to do in your life. That is what he can do and he will do if the word of God is released in your life. Think about that. It's a wonderful thing. He can and will do that. And God's word, it will water you. It will make you flourish. It will blossom and bud. Bud. Now, we all love to see things flourish, don't we? I mean, when you see something beautiful, green garden, all the plants and so on, it's lovely. It feels like that's the way it's meant to be. It's lovely and wonderful to see things flourish. I think of Pretoria. Actually, we've had a lot of rain in Pretoria recently. I don't think that you generally see Pretoria much greener than it is at the moment. If tourists want to come and visit our city, now's a good time, all right? And so it's lovely, it's green, and we enjoy when we see things flourish. And that's how God wants your life to be. He wants your life to flourish. He wants it to be like a well-watered garden, not a parched land. It says in Isaiah 58, verse 11, it says, You shall be like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose waters never fail. Now, if you are looking for a great scripture to claim as a child of God, there's one right there. You don't even have to go wait on God. It's God's word. Any scripture will do, as long as it's God's word, but that's a beautiful one. And this might be something that you want to write in the front of your Bible and you begin to claim it for your life because you feel that you're not experiencing that right now. And I can well believe that there are many people under the sound of my voice today that you feel like a parched land, a scorched land. It feels like you're in such a wilderness time. It feels like you're so dry. You're dry, you're dry, you're dry. There's many people I believe that can relate to this. 
But I want to say that you need to begin to declare and rise up in faith and say, thank you, God. I shall be like a well-watered garden. I claim Isaiah 58 that that's what I will be and that my waters will never fail. Thank you, Lord. And all that you're doing is that you're taking God at his word and you are releasing the power of God's word in the situation instead of just keeping it on the shelf. And I believe that there's some people here today, you have been in the wilderness for so long and God might have wanted to take you for a brief period in the wilderness to teach you some things and bring a dependence on, but you've gotten stuck there and you need to get a holy discontent within you. You need to get a determination in your heart and say, I'm not staying here anymore. I'm not staying in this wilderness. God has called me to flourish. He's called me to an abundant life. I'm gonna flourish and prosper. I'm gonna be like a well-watered garden in Jesus' name. And I'm sick and tired of this time of wilderness season. And I declare that it stops in the name of Jesus. Let faith arise in your heart today as it has been declared. Changing your confession could very well change your life. I was chatting to a guy the other day and I was saying to him, I remember there was a time when you used to say, I'm so blessed. I'm so thankful and I'm so blessed and God's been so good. And then he he stopped saying that, and recently he's like, I'm so unhappy in my job, I'm, I'm so struggling, and this and that, and I challenged him, and I said, listen, buddy, why don't you change your confession, because do you know you are the prophet of your own life? You're going to begin to prophesy, I hate my job, this is miserable, nothing ever good happens for me. I want to tell you, you might be fulfilling those prophecies, but God wants you to come into agreement not with your feelings, but with his word and his purposes for your life. Can you say amen? Number two, God's word will accomplish its purpose. Please say that with me. God's word will accomplish its purpose. In verse 11 of our text today, it says, So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper. In the thing for which I sent it. And I believe that you and I need to begin, if we haven't already, to get a possessing attitude. That we start to want to possess what God has for us. God has, I believe, a spiritual promised land for us. And as you get a possessing attitude, you begin to say, thank you, Lord. Every place where the sole of my foot shall tread, you will give it to me. Thank you, Lord, that you've given me every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus, but I'm needing to see more of these manifest. And we need to have a possessing attitude because then you will possess what God has for you. Possess what we're entitled to. Listen to what one of the commentaries says. God's word is just as irresistible and effective as the rain and the snow. All the armies in the world cannot stop them. And they accomplish their intended purpose. God's word never fails to achieve its aim. It's so true. When rain begins to come down or hail or snow, all the armies in the world can never stop that. And God's word is like that. No people, no man-made situation can stop that, but God's word will prevail. I believe we need to mix it with faith. There's another verse in Isaiah that confirms that whatever God purposes, he will certainly do. And it says in Isaiah 46, verse 11, it says, Indeed, I have spoken it. Would you see the determination of God here? Indeed, I have spoken it. 
I will also bring it to pass. I have purposed and I will also do it. And let's remember that as we begin to release the power of God's word, there's a visible difference. You can see a visible difference between you who begins to do that and those of your Christian friends that just think, but not important. We need to be those that have that determination. And I want to say that the word of God is not just a collection of words and phrases and sentences. It is the very power of God that gets released. His word didn't stop being powerful at some point in time. The Bible says God's word is living. That means it didn't live at one point in time in the Acts of the Apostles and now it's dead. No, it's living and it is forever living. And God's word endures forever. And so as we declare in the word of God, we need to realize that it is living, it is dynamic, and it is life-changing. Please say amen. amen. Now, as I speak the scripture over you, Listen to these words, these words, greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. That is not just a couple of words, that is the very power of God being released into your situation. As I speak this word, God has not given you a spirit of fear, but he's given you a spirit of power and love and a sound mind. Those are not just words, those are the very power of God being released in that situation. And so we need to realize we're dealing with the potent word that accomplishes its purposes. As I speak this word over you today, he gives power to the weak and to those who have no might, he increases strength. It's not just words, it's the very power of God. Can you say amen? Amen. Now, point number three. Number three, God's word produces health and healing. Would you say that out aloud with me? God's word produces health and healing. It's interesting to note that God's word doesn't just produce things like spiritual growth and blessing, change and breakthrough, but it also provides, and I say this unashamedly, for physical health and the healing and strength of our bodies. Now, there's a most interesting verse in Psalm 107, and we'll get to it in a moment's time, Psalm 107, verse 17 to 20. And here, the psalmist is giving a picture of some people, I don't know exactly who they are, but these people are desperately sick. It even says that they have lost all their appetite for food and that they are lying at death's door. And in their pain, they cry out to God, and God brings them healing and deliverance. What a God. And here's the scripture, Psalm 107, verse 20. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. Won't you all together say that whole verse with me? He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. Now I ask you this, by what means does he send healing? By his word. And he's never stopped sending healing by his word. And that's why the word of God is so important when it comes to healing 
He sends healing by his word. What's the point? God's word brings healing. God's word brings healing. Tell the person next to you, God's word brings healing. There's also a, the reality of physical healing through God's word is also referred to clearly in Proverbs chapter 4, and it says in verse 20 to 22, it says, my son, give attention to my words, incline your ear to my sayings, do not let them depart from your eyes and keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are, what's that word, life. To those who find them, and then I love this part, and health to all their flesh. Say that with me. And health to all their flesh. Now, would you just be a good Bible believer for, the, for, for a moment and just take God at his word? That's what God says. My reference is not situations that I might have experienced. My frame of reference is the word of God. And the word of God says it will be health to all their flesh. And we declare the life of God over this place today and everybody who's suffering in their physical bodies, those under the sound of my voice, I declare the word of God that it will be health to all your flesh. Now, Derek Prince says the following. He says, what promise of physical healing could be more comprehensive than health to all their flesh? I like that. He was such a magnificent teacher of the word. And so this is all-inclusive. Health to all their flesh includes every part of your physical body. Nothing is left out. And that's the truth of the Word of God. Some people have referred to this passage in Proverbs 4 as God's medicine bottle and something that should be taken regularly. A similar verse is Proverbs 3 verse 8, and it says, It, referring to God's Word, will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. Thank you, Lord, for your word, for health to our flesh and strength to our bones. And so may we take advantage of God's word because it releases health. Can you say amen? amen. Point number four, the last point that I want to share with you. Here it is. What word or scripture are you standing on? I'd say, John, that's a bit of high grade. Oh, just a standard grade question. <laughs> what word or scripture are you standing on? And I can't think of anything right now, but, but just think carefully. There may well be a scripture. Or if not, maybe as a result of what I'm sharing, you might have a desire to stand on a particular scripture in a certain way. It's like using your sword, standing on the word. The scripture says in Ephesians 6, verse 13 to 14, it says, Therefore, put on the full armor of God. Before we carry on, may I remind you that the full armor of God includes the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. So it's saying, put on the full armor of God. It could almost just as well say, stand on the Word of God. But it says, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, sometimes we face times when there is evil coming against us, that when that day comes, you may be able to stand your ground, believer, and after you have done everything, to stand, and in other words, keep on standing, stand firm there. Then. So what is this saying? 
It's just saying, stand, 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 stand. And I want to say to you, some of you are sitting, and some of you need to be standing in terms of your spiritual posture, standing on the Word of God, because that's what it's all about, standing on the Word of God. I remember a lady called Auntie Elsie. Auntie Elsie Hartley was uh, in my dad's congregation, and she was an elderly lady, a lovely woman in the church, and and she would actually take little verses of scripture and write them out on little pieces of paper and shove them in her shoes, and she would literally stand on the word of God. How's that? And everybody began to know Auntie Elsie. She's always got these scriptures and. And uh, sometimes I remember bumping, to her into the pas- bumping into her in the passage, and I said, hey, Auntie Elsie, you're still standing on the Word of God. Next thing, the shoe comes off, and she shows me, and there's this squashed little piece of paper, but you know what? There's a scripture on it. And in a very practical way, yes, she was standing on the Word of God. You know, sometimes little things that you do like that make a big difference. Sometimes we see my mom's house. She's got a scripture on the fridge. She's got a scripture next to her bed. I want to tell you, set an example in terms of a love for God's word. But here she was standing on the word of God. And I believe, listen carefully, as you face certain situations in your life, you need to have a verse of scripture that you stand on. It will enable you to stand strong, number one, and secondly, it will release the purposes of God into that situation, because there's nothing as powerful as the Word to change those situations. Let me mention this. A number of years ago, Mandri and I were extremely financially tight. It was really going tough. We didn't own a house. Uh, Our cars were very old and the tires were bald, they were smooth. That's not because they were F1 Formula One tires. That's because you could almost see the steel belt sticking through. And, and we were really taking strain. We got a hold of a confession from a Christian business ministry, which is based out of Philippians 4.13, which says that God shall supply all of my needs, according, all of your needs according to the riches in glory. And so based on that, we began to make a new confession. And I said, we got this little thing. We began to pray it. We began to say, thank you, Lord, that our salary is increasing. Thank you for salary increases and bonuses, refunds and awards, checks in the mail, inheritances, supernatural debt cancellation, gifts and donations, divine interventions, business opportunities, profitable contracts. We began to just make this confession over our lives. And over time, we began to see that the Lord began to turn the situation around. But I, was, I believe that it related to here we were standing on God's word. Because after all, if God says, I'm going to supply all of your needs according to my riches in glory, he's going to do that. And you release the word of God and you see a greater difference than somebody else who's not releasing the word of God. So folks, hear my heart today. We have to release the word of God. We have to stand on the word of God, but know that it requires activation. It cannot just be sitting on your shelf or sitting on your mobile device. It requires getting in your heart and seeing activation. 
And I believe that this could be a very different year from previous years for some people as you begin to stand on God's word like never before. Let me give you one or two little examples of standing on God's word. Maybe you notice that your 13-year-old daughter suddenly begins to become rebellious. Doesn't want to talk to you anymore. Doesn't want to come sit at the table. Suddenly black is in and everything's going black, 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 black. Shoes, hair, nails, everything. You wonder if there are some eyes behind that black mascara, makeup, eyeliner. I don't know. Black hair. You know, could be black teeth. I don't know. But they begin to get into such a place and you realize there is something wrong here. There is a rebellion. Now, let me tell you, you need to love your daughter if that's the situation. You love her unconditionally and you be there for her. But that's not enough. You have to have a word to stand on because God's word is so much more powerful than even your unconditional love, as wonderful as a parent as you might be. And you take a scripture from God, take a scripture like, I think it's Isaiah 54, Uh, is it Isaiah 54, which says, all my children shall be taught of the Lord and great shall be the peace of my children. It's so much more powerful when you're operating on the word of God. Another situation, you might be wrestling with deep discouragement. The enemy loves to come and just put a blanket of heaviness over you. Now, you can try to think positive thoughts and think on good things, and that's wonderful. Do that. I encourage you to do that. But you know what? You take the word of God, and you declare, I will rejoice in the Lord always, and I will say it again. I'm not going to look at my situation, my circumstances. I'm going to look at the Lord. There's always reason to rejoice in the Lord, and you see the power of God getting released in that situation. Let me give you one more example. Maybe your business turnover begins to decline, and for some reason, the turnover is on a downward trajectory. And so you think, well, what am I going to do? And you begin to consult with friends and people in the know, and and you come up with a whole lot of good ideas, and great, it's good to consult, it's good to get ideas, and how to change things, and market, and advertise, and do things differently. But I want to tell you there's power in the Word of God, and you stand on the Word of God in a situation like that, and you begin to declare a promise like the prayer of Jabez. And you say, oh God, that you would bless me indeed. In other words, real good. I'm believing you. We've begun to see a tough time in the business, but my eyes are not on the business. My eyes are on you, Lord Jesus, the maker of heaven and earth. And thank you that the the snow is falling, the rain is falling. It's not going to return to me void. And I'm believing that my clients, when they think of the products that I sell, they're going to phone me first. I pray for blessing over my clients. Bless them, enable them to be able to phone me and get orders. But I thank you, God, that you've called me to be the head and not the tail. Come on, give the Lord a hand of praise. Hallelujah. God's word will not return void. It will prosper and it will succeed in what he has said it will do. Won't you stand with me right now as we pray? I want to say this, that we can see In the releasing of the power of God's word, we can see a visible difference. Father, I pray for all these men and women of God, young and old, listening right now. And I declare over all of us that faith is rising. It's simply rising through your word. And thank you, Lord, that your word is living and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. This year, as we are reading through the New Testament, 
I thank you, Lord, that the word of God is going to be more powerfully released in our lives than ever before. And so, Lord, we thank you for what has been shared. We pray that we would not only be hearers, but that we would be people that do the word. And so now I say the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up the light of his smile upon you and give you peace. And we all say, amen. Let's give the Lord one more hand of praise. Hallelujah. God bless you. You are free to go. Have a wonderful Sunday.